Welcome everybody to Historical Shape. This is the podcast where Julie is dancing, but you can't see it because you're just listening. Um, and we also, <laughs> it was beautiful. Ooh, oh, she doing some good moves. Um, we also tell stories from history of people being shady to each other or uh, stories that we just want to tell each other. But remember, we are not historians. We are actors. So um, if we get something wrong, let us know, but be nice about it because we're actors. And although we do appreciate feedback, um, it also makes us hurt. So, anyway, Julie, what are you going to talk about today? Ooh, I'm going super topical. <gasps> I am talking about Typhoid Mary today. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> By the way, listeners, super topical. She and I are in self-isolation for coronavirus. She's in Boston. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm in shelter in place. I've eaten way too many cookies to count. Continue. <laughs> I haven't eaten cookies because... Every place I try and order chocolate from is out. It's a tragedy. That's and not a tragedy. Yeah, oh, just take that out. That makes me sound like such a pretentious bitch. There's so many bigger tragedies than places being out of chocolate. No, you're good. I wish I could ship you cookies because I had I could make cookies and ship them. Anyway, I'll see if that's a thing. Continue. So I've been seeing a lot of um, memes floating around and people, you know, reminding people don't be typhoid Mary. Mm-hmm. And while I think that we all sort of know the general idea of Typhoid Mary. I mean, the name speaks to it. I actually didn't know the full history and I thought, you know what, let me research that. Mm -hmm. So Mary Malone, I want to say Mary Malone, but I think that's because of Molly Malone. Mm. Uh, She was born in 1869 in Ireland and she immigrated to the U.S. in 1884. So she had already worked in a variety of domestic positions for wealthy families prior to settling in her career as a cook. And in 1906, she was engaged as a cook by Charles Henry Warren. He was a wealthy New York banker and he Mm. rented a residence in Oyster Bay on the north coast of Long Island for the summer. I rent a residence in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm going to say that now. Yeah, I rent a residence. I rent a residence. So from, this is a very small window, from the 27th of August to the 3rd of September, six of the 11 people present in the house were suffering from typhoid fever. And at this time in history, typhoid fever was still fatal in 10% of cases um, and mainly affected deprived people from large cities. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't fit it doesn't yeah. fit the you know profile I guess is the best way to say it. Um, so the Warren family they hire a sanitary engineer Ooh. by the name of George Sober. Okay, which just feels like a perfect name for a sanitary engineer. <laughs> George Sober. So he uh, he'd been previously hired by New York State to investigate disease outbreaks. So mm-hmm. he's got a he's got a he's got a reputation and he's got a resume. Um, he called himself an epidemic fighter, he later wrote. And he believed, yeah. George Sober, where are you? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're dead. But he believed that typhoid could be spread by one person serving as a carrier. Mm -hmm. And so in Long Island, um, on this this rented home, he focused his attention on Mary Mallon. So she had arrived three weeks before the first person became ill. Mm-hmm. So he ends up publishing his results the 15th of June, 1907, in the Journal of American Medicine. 
and this is a direct quote. I think it's a delight. He said, I had my first talk with Mary in the kitchen of this house. I suppose it was an unusual kind of interview, particularly when the place is taken into consideration. I was as diplomatic as possible, but I had to say I suspected her of making people sick and that I wanted specimens of her urine, feces, and blood. It did not take long for, it did not take very long to react to the suggestion. She seized a carving fork and advanced in my direction. I passed rapidly down the long, narrow hall, through the tall iron gate, and out through the area, so, and so to the sidewalk. I felt rather lucky to escape. Um, so ultimately, he believed, he initially believed this claim that freshwater clams could be involved in the, these inspections. And so, as a result of that, he had conducted his interrogation of sick people and also of Mary, um, who he described as presenting a moderate form of typhoid. Mm -hmm. So, what happened is that she continued to host the bacteria and then just contaminated everything around her. Mm -hmm. And so, could you imagine this is when germ theory is pretty new, right? Though, that you're a cook and this guy comes in and he goes, Hey, I need some of your blood, some of your pee and some of your poop. Yeah. I feel like the like weirdly the blood and the pee, I'd be like, okay, whatever. But like the moment you get to I draw the line at the shit. I draw the line at the shit. (laughs) Can we go back to titling our episodes by quotes? So initially, he did think that these clams were the culprits, and what made him move on is that not all the people stricken had eaten them. So he becomes the first author to describe a healthy carrier of Salmonella typhi in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so from March 1907, he starts stalking her in Manhattan. Um, And he, he did reveal that she was transmitting the disease and death by her activity. Um, his attempts to, he continued to try and get these samples of the feces, the urine, and the blood, um, and it earned him nothing but being chased by her. I mean, because also, now he's not approaching her at this house, he's probably, like, if he's stalking her, like, in a random, like, hey, can I just, just, like, a little bit of your poop? Yeah, but, so, basically, he's following her and sort of tracing her, her, her history of interactions. Mm-hmm. So he discovers that she's previously served eight families. Seven of them had, had experienced cases of typhoid. 22 people presented signs of infection and some of them had died. So when you think about when we see these graphs of like, here's what happens when no one goes out. Here's what happens when five. Here's what happens when one, you know, this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. Um, Mary, Mary is that one, but she's also like, 100% infected and carrying that and, and infecting people. Mm-hmm. That year in New York, there were about 3,000 New Yorkers that had been infected by Salmonella typhi, and Mary is probably the main reason for that outbreak. Because for everyone she's infecting, they're getting sick and infecting other people. Yeah. Because she's, 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 a, um, she's asymptomatic. She's not presenting the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So she's just going about her life. And also she's a cook. Yeah. And also, as we previously learned, people are not big on washing their hands yet. Yes. We learned that from several of our historical shades that we've done. Wash your damn 
hands. I can't believe we are still talking about this in 2020. Just wash our fucking hands. Yeah. Anyway. So, and just a little sort of further history about uh, typhoid. Immunization was not developed until 1911 Mm -hmm. um, to prevent it. And then the antibiotic treatment was not available until 1948. Wow. Yeah. So... The stalking's not working, and he really needs her poop. <laughs> oh, man. That's the title of a new book right there. Stalking's not working. I really, really need your poop. poop. <laughs> so, Sober enlists the support of doc- Dr. Biggs of the New York Department of Health, okay. and um, persuaded by Dr. Josephine Baker, who, along with the police, they've, they've sent to bring in Mary for testing. Mm-hmm. She was uncooperative. Um, she eluded them for five hours. There, there was like one of the things I read. It was like they got to her 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 place of residence, and it was like snowing, and they, they she wasn't anywhere. But then they went outside, and there was a chair against the the fence, and the chair there were footprints in the snow. And I'm like, this is all very dramatically described um, by Sober. It was his book. Mm-hmm. So five hours at the end, she was forced to give them samples. She tested positive and she was transferred to North Brother Island to Riverside Hospital Mm -hmm. where she was quarantined in a cottage. So here's the interesting thing. I found a picture of her. They say a cottage, but it's her in a hospital bed with like a row of other hospital beds looking so miserable and angry. Like she is staring down that camera like my cat stares me down from weird high places in the room. (laughs) So she's there for a while. Um, she ends up in 1909 suing the health department. She's been there for two years. Oh, yeah. In that two-year period of confinement, she had 120 of 163 stool samples test positive. Finally got that poop. <laughs> they just kept taking the poop. Um, <laughs> No one ever attempted to explain to her what that meant, that she was a carrier. Like, the only thing, I mean, the only thing they offered was like, well, take out your gallbladder, which I don't know science, would that even help? Um, While she was there, they unsuccessfully treated her with, do this to yourself, hexamethylenamin. Oh, yeah, that. Uh, laxatives, urotropin, and brewer's yeast. They're just throwing everything against the wall here. No, I mean, that's all poop. That's all for poop. Why do they want her to poop so much? Is typhoid fever, is there a lot of poop? I didn't look up that part, because... All right, I'll look it up. You keep, you keep going. I'm gonna, I need to know about this. So in 1910, a new health commissioner vows to free her, and assist her with finding suitable employment as a domestic, but not a cook. So okay. she is ultimately released. Uh-huh. Um, never intends to abide by the agreement. She starts working again. As a the, cook? As a cook. Oh my gosh. So as a cook of Sloan maternity in Manhattan, Mm-hmm. She contaminated in three months at least 25 people, doctors, nurses, and staff. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them died. She had managed to be hired as Mary Brown. Mm. 
Got to change that. An accurately brown. <laughs> what? Come on, Mary. So Come on. So, uh, so since then she sort of stigmatized as Typhoid Mary. She's the butt of jokes. She's in cartoons. Um, eventually, the name appears in medical dictionaries as a disease carrier, and she is placed back in North Brown Island, where she remained until her death. So. I have some like more information, um, but up until this point, I was like, "God damn it, Mary!" Just like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> um, but so here's more information. So she had no symptoms of typhoid. She didn't mm. believe she could be spreading it. Mm. So no one ever really explained to her this concept of carrier. It was a very new concept that yeah. so sober had coined um, about her without her knowledge. Yeah. And so in 1909, it was in the New America, the New York American dubbed her typhoid Mary. Um, so during the case of these two outbreaks, at least 51 people caught typhoid directly through her. Uh, three oh. died. The number of cases was probably much higher because of how, how it, you know, would spread from then those people to people. Mm -hmm. um, sober. Oh, here it says sober. Did I have a typo? Ugh. Anyway, the story of Typhoid Mary indicates how difficult it is to teach infected people to guard against infecting others, he said. Ugh. But here's the thing. So by the time of her death, mm -hmm. um, where she's back at North Brothers Island, mm -hmm. more than 400 healthy carriers of typhoid have been identified as New York um, by New York officials, but none of them were forced in confinement. Okay, well that's, so, that fucking sucks. Right, and yeah. so we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, so the most well-known illustration is during her first imprisonment, it's an apron woman just casually dropping miniature human skulls into a skullet like eggs. Mm -hmm. uh, today, the name Typhoid Mary stands for anyone who callously spreads disease or evil. Uh, there's, a, there's actually even a, a Marvel comic book villain named after her, a female assassin with a vicious temper. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately the legacy of this is in a symptomatic vessel, Typhoid Mary is in a symptomatic vessel for disease led to this theory of super spreaders. Mm -hmm. And so the in a speech in 1913 it is sober i was a typo mm -hmm. his name is sober not sober man uh. should have changed it uh so in this speech he said since typhoid mary was discovered the whole problem of carriers in relation to infectious diseases has assumed an immense importance an importance which is recognized in every country where effective public health work is done and in every army where communicable disease has been brought under control. And so what he discovered would demonstrate how an unwitting carrier could be the root of disease outbreaks, but it could also later spark a debate about personal autonomy mm -hmm. when it's pit, pu pitted against public health. Um, in Typhoid Mary, Captive to the Public's Health, historians uh, such as Judith Walzer Levitt, she pointed out that by the time of her second imprisonment, she was far from the only known carrier. 
And today we know that being a carrier of the disease is not that unusual. Up to 6% of people who've had typhoid, which is still common in the developing world, they can spread it long after they've recovered, even if they have exhibited few or no symptoms, says Dennis Monak, a microbiologist at Stanford. Stanford, not Stanford. <laughs> so it sort of brings up the question, why was she imprisoned for life? Like, it yeah. wasn't like we're going to put you, it wasn't like you, you went out, so we're going to jail you for 10 years. It was, you had this, so you're jailed forever. Mm -hmm. And so James Calgrove, a professor of sociomedical sciences at Columbia, is quoted as saying, that's the million dollar question that nobody can answer. It might have been because she was female, Irish, uncooperative, and without a family. Today, her case is archetypal in bioethics literature as scholars debate whether the government is justified in depriving someone of her freedom for a perceived greater good, mm. um, which is an issue with renewed public residence when health workers returning from Ebola ravaged West Africa are quarantined against their will, and also right now as people are yeah. quarantined. Um, but her case is also sort of a, a symbol of like a, a moment in science um, because before antibiotics, um, microbes were the first like revealing themselves to the public. And so it's sort of like with all that, like she didn't understand what she was being accused of. Mm -hmm. So they, they treated it like they treated it like a crime, but it's, mm -hmm. it's very much one of those things where it's like on the surface, you're like this going out mm -hmm. um but also this is an uneducated person that no one is educating mm -hmm. why why this is an issue and they're just like hey let's make you poop and take out your gallbladder yeah um speaking of poop typhoid fever either causes extreme constipation or extreme diarrhea so there must be oh. something linked like where they can find the the disease in poop easier than pee. I don't know, but I feel like it's linked. You said poop easier than pee, but it sounded a little bit like you were like the disease in poopies. <laughs> <laughs> you get the poopies. Hey, found the typhoid in the poopies. Yeah, you get the poopies. Oh boy, speaking of poopies, poopies. what's your future light? <laughs> Not that, because I'm trying to do that as little as possible because toilet paper... <laughs> Get a bidet. Well, I ordered one two weeks ago and it's still not here because I keep getting an email going it's on like because I got it and it's like okay we'll be there in five days because I have Prime and then it's like oh it's delayed oh it's delayed so I feel like everyone else had the same thought I did and bought the same Amazon Prime bidet. So I'll let you know my future light is that one day that bidet will come in. <laughs> and send a beautiful stream up my booty that's it that's my future that's actually weirdly yeah i'm excited <laughs> for when that arrives <sighs> what's your future light julie it can't be as classy as mine my future light i just lean back forgetting that i'm like um, recording yeah uh, my future light is <laughs> We, um, about a week ago, made a grocery store order mm -hmm. from the Wiggies, okay. uh, and it arrived while we were recording, so we have some, some groceries. Because, yes, the grocery stores are open, mm -hmm. but 
if we can avoid that, we will. Um, and also we're trying to be like very conscious of like, there, there are people that like don't have the luck that we have that we can continue doing our jobs from home. So if we can yeah. find a way to, if we can afford to like support local restaurants and buy gift cards and, you know, get delivery while it's a thing and support the drivers and, and all of that, we will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that part of me, like, I, I started giving myself real like, oh, well, you can use this to like lose weight and just work out all the time and whatever. But because I can work from home, a lot of me is like, oh, I'm probably going to gain a lot of weight just because I'm like, oh, well, I need to, well, delivery is still an option. It'd be nice to just keep supporting businesses and have them deliver food. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But the good news is like, everyone's going to gain weight. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to walk out of this 20 pounds heavier and it's okay. And then we'll all lose it real quick because we can actually walk places. Like I can't wait to walk around a mall again. Not even to shop. I don't like shopping. I just like walking in malls. Oh God, you're describing my nightmare. I hate Uh, going to the mall. Oh, I love going to the mall. I don't like going into stores. I like just walk around the mall with like Starbucks. That's it. Just walk and talk. I'm so excited to be like 90 because man, I'll be so good at it. All right. Well, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you're still listening when we're old and mall walking. Uh, yeah, and old and mall. <laughs> we'll do it while we mall walk. Oh, God, yes. Yes. Mall walk with, I don't know, I was going to say something, an alliteration with M, but neither of our names have M's in them, and so I can't think of it. Anyway, thanks. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Bye. Get a bidet, but not at the same time I need my delivery. Bye. underscore shade or facebook at historical shade we don't have a twitter thanks julie